0: Hey there, this is Noe Lara Jr., pastor of Creative Love Church. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you to live and lead the life God has called you to. Enjoy the message. That's how we roll. Hey, are you guys happy to be alive? Yes. yes. All right, seriously, are you guys happy to be alive? Yes. No? <laughs> yeah. No, here, look, we are going to, we're going to, look. Let me, let me say this. let me just say this really quick. Uh, if if what you see in front of you takes if what you see in front of you dictates how you feel, life will always be long. I want you to if if your emotions are set upon on what you see, life will always be long. Life will always be frustrating, life will always be discouraging because, Your reality is not based on a promise. Your reality will be based upon what you see. And let me show you something, and let me tell you something about life. It's always tough. Life is always tough. You know, sometimes it feels like you never have enough. Sometimes when you do have enough, sometimes you and then you get all these things, then you have to bring the the baggage that comes with the responsibility, then that gets tiring. But I want to encourage you with this. You know, there's a reason why we're doing a series called Dead No More. Because in order for us to experience a life of freedom, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of hope, a life of all these things that you want in life, let me say something. Even though it's called dead no more, here's the irony. Something has to die. The irony of doing a series called dead no more is that today's message, if you're taking notes, today's message is called something has to die. You know, if something has to die, something has to die within you for something to come alive out of you. You know, here's the thing about dying to self. Many of us don't want to. Let me say something. And I am want to be very, very direct today because here's the thing that I realized. Yesterday, I was in a conversation and yesterday's conversation with this individual really sparked a desire in me because I was talking to a 41-year-old man who is just as confused as many of us in our 20s and our 30s. Just as confused. And I remember this man when he was 31, and he was in the place where he is now as a 41-year-old. And if you go back, you can also trace back that it's the same thing when he was 21 years old. He had a good heart, very good heart, but was never able to die to certain things. And here's the thing about dying to self. Let me say something about dying to self. You know, you know the thing about lit- being dead no more. Remember we're talking about not dying to our dying to our fears. You know, we don't want to live a life that you're walking but you're dead in your dreams. You're walking but you're dead in your hopes. You're walking but you're dead in your joy. You know, we want to live a life that is full of joy, full of peace, full of expectation. But again, for something to come alive, something has to die. But, so what has to die? self will your fears, your angers, anything that you are, that is killing you, that has to die. It really does have to die. So here's a key thought. I want you to write this key thought if you're taking notes. Dying to self is the best place to be. Dying to self is the best place to be. And let me tell you why that's not a sexy saying, because I like having all control in my life. I love having control. I love having the say of what I get to do and how I get to do it. But here's the thing. If you want to become alive in Christ, you have to start dying to self. If you want to become alive to the purpose that God has for you, you have to start dying to selfish ambitions, self-drive, self-this, and you have to become willing, get to the place where you are willing to die to yourself because dying to yourself is the best place to be. Let me tell you why it's the best place to be because you know this to be true. And I'm not trying to say this as a general statement. This, this is true for most of us, not all of us. You know that the person that stops you the most from becoming who you really want to be is you. It really is. Have you ever gotten to the point in your life where you're so annoyed of yourself? You have like the same New Year's resolutions and you don't finish them. How many of you guys start New Year's resolution and don't finish them? Okay, right? We got to the point where we're, let's not even make them anymore. Okay, let's get to that point, right? Absolutely. Let's not even make them, right? But here's the thing. Let me tell you something. No one, no one, say that with me. No No one. No one has the power that you have to make a decision for yourself. And here's the thing. If we're trying to live life, if we're trying to live life with a sense of faith, with a sense of hope, with a sense of expectation, you have to learn how to die to yourself. What? Because dying to yourself is the best place to be. See, so in order for God to fully live in us, we must be willing to fully die with him. I'm telling you, there's something that I'm going to start teaching you today that is going to be confrontational, but I hope it motivates you and I hope it inspires you because here's the thing. We all want a purposeful life. We all want to have that blessing. We all want to have that joy. We all want to, God, where are your promises? We were just saying, God, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. But the very first thing that Jesus would have told you is like, hey, if you want a part of me, you gotta learn how to carry your cross. And we don't talk about carrying our cross no more because carrying our cross means work. It means having to having to follow Him. And if we want to share in His blessings, we got to be willing to share also in the price that He paid. Let me say this: There's nothing easy about paying a price. So, I got a question for you: Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to say no to the things that are hurting you, but you really like them? You like, I really love Red Bulls. I really love Red Bulls. Amen, right, Manny? But. All right, here's all right. You know what? We're family here, and this is gonna go on the this is gonna go on the podcast or whatever. But here I go. Let's kind of let's just go for it. Uh, you know what? You know, you know. As much as I may love Red Bulls, and as much as I may love pop and all this stuff, when you start noticing a darker yellow pee, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, it's it's just like you know what? Like ah, I don't know if this is healthy no more and stuff. But I, but here's the thing. Um, I say that jokingly, but it's real. I went to the doctor. I went to the, <laughs> I went to the. I went to the. I went to. The, I went to go get a. I was having a back pain. I was having a back pain, and being in construction, I'm like, oh, I just carried something wrong, and and so I went to go get a chiropractor checkup, and he was like, No, you're fine, dude. <laughs> so he's like, He's like, You're fine. So then. Uh, Anyways, I go, from, go to the doctor. I do all my tests and stuff. And then next thing you know, I was like, dude, you better be careful because you're on the verge of kidney stones. And uh, So he's like, you're on the verge of kidney stones. So here's the thing. I haven't had a Red Bull. Well, I've had sips of Red Bulls. Okay, right? I have sips. Okay, okay I've had sips and stuff. It's, uh, but uh, but look, look, I'm telling you, in order, to have, in order to have what God wants you to have, you got to be willing to die to yourself. you got to be willing to die to yourself. Here, join me to the Bible, please. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to read the Bible. Romans chapter 4. Samuel, can you join me, please? Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 23. Okay, I mean, through 25. Okay, Romans chapter 4, verses 14, I mean, verses 13 and on. says this. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Say faith, please. Faith. Faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is our father of all of us. It is written as it is written. I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Listen to me. He calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, listen, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it blah, 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 blah. just as that had been, I did it again, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offsprings be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact, listen up, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, Have you ever been in a situation where things are as good as dead? Your finances? Have you ever considered things that are on the surface are as good as dead and it leads you to a place of, I'm going to consider suicide. I'm going to consider this. I'm going to consider that. I'm talking about a deep level of frustration in life where like it's as good as dead. It can be whatever. It could be a relationship. Look, it is as good as dead. Okay. But it says this. It was as good as dead and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Look at this. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith. Say that with me, faith. Amen. In his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteous. The words it was credited to him were not were written not only for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For all who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. All right, I got a question for you. How many times does God have to say this? Faith, 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 faith. Say that with me, faith. Oh, come on, faith. 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 One more time, Faith. faith. How many times does God need to say something for you to get it in your life? let me tell you something about faith. Faith has nothing to do with works. And let me tell you why Christians and young people, they get so tired and they get so frustrated because we feel if we behave in a certain way, if we act in a certain manner, things will come better. But faith has nothing to do with behavior. And that should be a good thing, okay? That should be something that we could be thankful about because all of us, we deal with bad behavior. All of us deal with anger. All of us deal with a sense of frustration. And guess what? It leads to a bad behavior. But guess what? The promises of God are not based on behavior. The promises of God are based on you willing to believe that Jesus is enough. I'm telling you, I need you to understand this concept because If you don't get this, you'll go to church your entire life and you'll experience the same disappointments day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. And you'll be like this 41-year-old who went to church his entire life and he's now in front of me with tears in his eyes saying, I don't know what I've been created for. 41 years old. He said that same thing when he was 21 years old, and then he did a recap when he was 31 years old. And my question to you is this: how many times are you going to take to learn one simple matter? Is if you learn to die to yourself, you truly get to live fully in life. Truly get to live fully. I'm telling you, you know why we're frustrated? Because we want full control. We want full control. And God wants to give you something. And the thing that he wants you to understand is this. Trust me. So in order for us to be dead no more, something does have to die. You know, and I'm going to start with the story. Before we do, let's pray. Because I really want this message to, to be meaningful. You guys ready to pray? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that you are encouraging us to live a life that leads us into your purpose. God, let us not be closed-minded today. Let us not be distracted. Let us live a life that is fully persuaded, fully engaged today by your word. Help me communicate what you've spoken to me over the week clearly. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. amen. Amen, all right. In 2001, I was in eighth grade. In 2001, I was in eighth grade. Do you guys, most of you guys, some of you guys went to Chaska High School. Do you guys remember Mr. Gilbert? Okay, he was my sixth grade social studies teacher. Okay, sixth grade. So he kept up with me. He kept up with me. And so he kept up with me. He became the track coach and my football coach. In eighth grade, I was in 2001. In eighth grade, I was not joining track. And I was an ESL. Okay, I still need ESL classes every once in a while and stuff. And like I was an ESL and his wife was my ESL, Miss Gilbert. Okay, his wife was my teacher. And so anyways, I got in a fight in her class, okay? I got in a fight in her class, and uh, and he was my coach. So anyways, at the end of the day, he, he meets me at, at the hallway. I'm getting out of the class, and he meets me at, in Chaska Middle School West, okay? I'm over there, and he meets me at the end of the hall. He's like, Laura, come here. I'm like, oh, crap. He's like, hey, I signed you up for track. I paid for you, and I had just got in a fight, okay? I just got, and this was his response to me. Laura, come here. I paid for your track. I called your mom, okay? I called your mom. I paid for you. Track starts at three thirty today. Go! I'm like, and then I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Lara, you're gonna be the four hundred meter champion and the eight hundred meter champion this season. Go! I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. So, anyways, so then I, I I didn't show up to practice that first day. Guess what he did? He went to my house. Okay. Goes to my house, gets, and my parents are at work and stuff. Knocks on the door. Now, I knocks on the door, and uh, and uh, anyways, knocks on the door, and I open the doors, Mr. Gilbert. He's like, Laura, get in your car. Get in the car. You're going. And I get in the car. He's like, you know why I'm picking you up? I'm like, why? Because you're the 400-meter champion. You're the 800-meter champion. I have not raced in track ever. I haven't raced. But he was calling me a champion. He's like, you are the 400-meter champion, and you're the 800-meter champion. Let's go. You got to go practice because you're the champion. I'm like, whatever, dude. Anyways, long story short, with the season goes on, I make it. I got past the finals, then we went to sections, and I got to the sections, and guess what? As an eighth grader, I won, for our section, the 400-meter dash and the 800-meter run as an eighth grader. So here's the point. He was calling into existence. He was calling something that was alive within me, but I did not recognize it. It was alive within me, but I couldn't see it. It was alive within me, but I couldn't believe it. So he saw something in me and he called it out. And not only did he call it out, he spoke it into existence. And we have that same connection here where God gives Abraham a promise and says, you know what? I'm going to make you a father of many people, but here's a problem. He hadn't had one child yet. And not only was he not a father, he was old, Okay, he was 100 years old, his body was as good as dead, it was questionable. And they didn't have Viagra back in the day, okay? Gross. They didn't have Viagra, and not only was the blue pill not there, they also, uh, his wife, she was barren. Talk about a double negative. Boy can't get up, she's barren, okay, she's barren and stuff, and God says, God says, hey. I got a promise, I'm going to make you a father of many people. I want to make you a father of many people. Listen up. I want you to listen up. I'm going to make you a father of many people, but you got some realities that you got to overcome. You got some issues that you got to overcome. And here's the thing. God calls into existence things that are not as though they were, as though they are. So first thing is this. First thing, you have to learn to die to yourself. Say that with me. Die to self. Let me tell you why this is the thing. Because you will always be depressed and you will always be complaining if you don't learn how to do this. You know how many people? You know how many people are frustrated in life? But you're the biggest problem. Let me say this: You are the biggest problem to why you cannot live the life that God has called you to. Because you want the promises, but you're not willing to pay the price. You're not willing to go through the process. You're not willing to fight what God has for you. So here's the thing: You have to fight for the promises. So you have to learn how to die to self. Say this with me, the best thing to be, the best the best, be the best place to be is to die to myself. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know why this is so important to me? Because I refuse, listen to me, I refuse to be a pastor of people that complain and do nothing about it. You know what I mean? I refuse, I refuse to be in your life and just hear complain and fear this, and fear that, and you do nothing about it. So we have to do something about it. So there's there's a step-by-step thing that we're going to talk about. Number one, how do we die to ourselves? How do we die to ourselves? The very first one, the very first thing that needs to happen is this. Faith needs to become a priority. Faith needs to become a priority. Look at how he says it here in verse 13. That says this. I'm sorry. Verse yeah, thirteen. It says this: It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For those who depend on the law were heirs; faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless. Let me say something about faith. Faith is the avenue that God will use in your chaos. Faith is the avenue that God uses in the middle of chaos. Let me say something. I've known most of your lives personally. And let me say something, if you go through chaos and you don't go through it faith, you will always feel like the world is crushing you down. Faith is the avenue that God uses in the middle of a storm. So that's why faith needs to become a priority in your life, not do's and don'ts. See, when life is frustrating, we don't need a set of rules. Let me say something, I will never be the type of pastor that's going to tell you this And that. This and that. You have to do this, 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 this. You have to change this behavior. 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 Guess what? Let God deal with you with that. All I'm gonna present is this. Can you believe that Jesus is more than enough? If you can believe that Jesus is more than enough, then let's go through a process. Because here's the thing we need, we got many people that come to church nationwide, believing that if they change their behavior, God will honor them. So guess what happens? You got a lot of religious people thinking that their good behavior is going to change something. What God wants to do is change your heart. And God can only change your heart is if you're willing to believe that he is more than enough. The very first thing that Abraham needed was he needed to be convinced that it wasn't his behavior. It was his heart that needed to change You know, and here's the thing. Faith is belief without proof. So when life is frustrating, we don't need a set of do's and don'ts. When life is tough, when life is a mess, we need faith. Say that with me. I need faith. faith. I'm telling you guys, I need faith. Faith needs to become a priority. See, the only way to die to your distractions, to die to your discouragement. How many of you guys, how many of you guys are... (laughs) How many of you guys would say I'm either distracted, discouraged in one way, shape, form, or another in my life? Distracted or discouraged? Here's the thing then. Learn to prioritize faith. Learn to prioritize faith. Number two. And John, you can join me here, bro, please. Make me sound a bit more spiritual and not so mean. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Number two. Overcome all unbelief. Overcome all unbelief. Let me say something. If you don't believe it, you'll never receive it. Write that down. If I don't believe it, I'll never receive it. If you don't believe it, you'll never receive it. Say that with me. If I don't believe it, don't believe it. altogether. If I, believe it, if I don't believe it, I won't receive it. Here's the thing. Whatever promise that you want, if you're not fully persuaded that you can have what you desire, you never will. See, here's the thing. God, Here's the thing. Here's the process of dying to self. Look at this verse, uh, Sam, join me in verse chapter 18. Verse chapter 18, it says it's against all hope, against, listen up, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. Against all hope, when the world is crushing you down, but you have a promise. You have a promise, you have a dream, you have a desire, you have a goal, you have an expectation. Guess what, good job, that's awesome. But when the world is crushing you down, when it seems like nothing makes sense, you have a choice. Either have no expectation or against all hope, believe in hope. So you have to do this. In my biggest fears, I still believe. In my biggest weakness, I still find strength. In my biggest discouragement, I still find joy. Overcoming all unbelief is a process of dying to self. Because let me say something, let me say something, let me just say something really quick because I don't know if you get how frustrating it is to see men in their 40s and men in their 50s and still trying to figure out what they're supposed to do in life. And I'm concerned that if you don't get this message that dying to yourself is the only way to live, you'll find yourself there 30 years from now. And I refuse to be in your life and not help you die to yourself. I refuse to that because think about people in your life that love Jesus, but it feels like they're stuck. Have you seen those people? They're good people, but they're stuck. Think about your family members. Think about your cousins, your parents, maybe even your parents, and I don't mean to be too direct, but you know they love God. Your uncles, you know they love them, but they're stuck. Why and how did it happen? The process is learning to die to myself so that I can fully live a life in Christ. I'm telling you, so here's the process of overcoming unbelieving. It has to do with dying to self. So, and against all hope, have hope. See, when the reality is in front of you that things are as good as dead, the guy doesn't have Viagra, she uh, is barren and stuff, so it's just nothing. Look, there's no hope. There's like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, okay, look at how bad this thing is. For those of you guys that know the story, remember, so like, so she can't get pregnant. Abraham's like, okay, he has this promise, and this is me just being creative and perverted, okay? So, like, anyway, so like, so he's just like, so it's like, he, anyway, so it's like he, uh, the <laughs> cat so like he has this promise, he gets excited. I'm going to be a father of many people. I'm going to be a father. He's living life. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a father. And he's telling Abram and he's telling Sarah, hey, we're going to have kids. And, and they start trying and, and they're, and wow, it's actually working. And you know, things are good. And the promise doesn't happen. Listen to me. You get excited about life and yet God doesn't answer it the way you want it. It's so easy. It's so easy to, things, to do things in your own strength that will cause the biggest heartache in your future. What happened? When you start pursuing, when you start doing things out of God's alignment, it will lead you to your greatest frustration. I want you to think about this. When you have a dream, but you pursue it away from God's purpose and God's promise, it will lead you into a place of great frustration. Why is this possible? Because Abraham had a promise and it didn't happen the way he wanted it to happen. So what does he do? he gets with his wife's servant and she gets pregnant. And guess what happens? The greatest frustration of his life took place when he tried to help God. Many of us are frustrated in life because we're trying to help God. We're trying to help God. God, I I didn't see you do this. I'm not saying you do this. Why? Well, because it's his ways. Not your ways, it's his ways. So the second thing is overcoming all unbelief there is a process to dying to suffer. through that. See, God has called you. Here's the thing. I want, you to, I want you to write this down. God has not called me to have it all figured out. He's called me to believe that he already does. God has not called me to have it all figured out. He's called me to believe that he already has. The only way to overcome all unbelief in your heart by believing that he is more than enough. Guys, <laughs> Marissa was here praying this morning. She said something that just really blessed my life. She's like, Jesus, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. Jesus, you're more than enough. And you know what I'm afraid About us, that Jesus is not more than enough. The truth is this I want you to look at your life. In your biggest mess and in your biggest fears, do you run to Jesus or do you find other solutions? Can you overcome your unbelief by just believing that He is more than enough? Or are you finding that next job that is going to pay more? Are you finding that boyfriend? Are you going doing this and doing that, trying to figure things out? Or is Jesus more than enough? Let me say this: If you, you don't, if Jesus isn't your everything, you'll always find yourself running after things, and that's going to be a tiring life. If Jesus is not your everything, you'll you'll always be running after things. And finally, the third thing is this. Live life fully persuaded. I was, I don't know what you've been through, but let me tell you something. I've seen God work in miracles in my life, and I'm gonna share this point. Live life fully persuaded. Look at verse 21. <clears throat> Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Who has the power? God has the power. God has the power. Let me say something really quick. And I want your full attention, please. We're on the verge, we're on the verge of so much change to happen, not only as a church, as we get ready to launch here in a couple of months, but as a nation, as a nation, as a society, we have so many people that are looking for something and they don't know where to begin, right? We have so much disunity, so much discord, so much hate, so much different thing, and let me say this the only way for you to live a life that won't live a life of fear is to be fully persuaded that God, God has the power to do what He has promised. See, dying to self becomes easier when you're fully persuaded that God has the power. Let me say this. And hear me out. I'm like, I want to be a dad for a bit. 31 years old this year. My dad was on the verge of deportation last week. And let me tell you something. When you live, can I say something? Look at me. I I want you all to look at me. I'm gonna say something that will take you off. So I want you to look at me so I can take you off. What you're going through, what you're going through has even scratched the surface of what you're going to go through. What you're going through has not even scratched the surface of what you're going through or what you're going to go through. And if you are already, already so scared about something so small, you'll find yourself here 10 years from now. If you don't know how to put God first you'll always find yourself trying to figure it out let me say this you know what more blessing brings your way more troubles you know what more responsibility brings more headaches you know what more money brings more debt you know what more kids bring more diapers you know what having a career is going to require more responsibility you know if you if you know if you're gonna get that master's, you know what's gonna require? More schooling. And if you're already freaking out right now with whatever it is you're going through, good luck. That's why you have to die to yourself and say, not me, God, but you in me. You through me, you for me. Being fully persuaded that He is more than enough. He is more than enough. And when I can live, when I can live with an understanding that he has the power to do what I need him to do, then you know what, God, take it all. Take it all, God. You know, I got a call this morning saying, you know what, hey, I'm not coming, I'm not here and I'm not there. Awesome, that doesn't change my joy because he's my joy. He's my joy. You know what, so what I see in front of me, guess what, on Friday, uh, I was so anxious at my dad's court because they told us prepare for the worst. And God gave us the best, amen. That's what I'm talking about. So can you, can you live a life, can you live a life that is putting faith as a big priority? Can you overcome all unbelief? And can you be fully persuaded? God, whatever you want, I'll do. God, if you want, here's the thing. Oh my gosh, it's not sexy not being the owner of your life it's not it's not sexy it's not not having control in your life it's it's a hard thing to do but it's the best place to be have you ever have you ever tried to build legos with without the instructions it's the worst have you ever tried to build yeah have, you know what i'm talking about have you got a box of legos and you're like oh okay and you just okay yeah this makes sense here and this looks okay here but you compare it to the box Holy crap, this is junk. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. Here is your life, and God was a creator, and he's like, here's the manual. You want to live a successful life? Here's the manual. Here's the manual. Stop trying to put pieces that don't belong in places they don't, shouldn't be. Here is the manual. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust me in all your ways. Trust me in all your ways, and I will give you success. Are you willing to die to yourself? Something has to die something has to die you got to go out this door today knowing that something has to die it can be pride it can be arrogance it can be fear it can be whatever selfish ambitions but something has to die here's the question who wants to live fully in christ okay are you willing to die are you willing to die you see how this message isn't sexy but it's necessary why? So that you are living, so that you can live a life of purpose. Here's the thing. If I don't die to my selfish ambitions, guess what? I would be uh, uh, I, I would be divorced, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if I don't die to my selfish ambitions, guess what? Zoe and Julian and Nolan and Alexa, they wouldn't have a dad that goes to work because there's days I'd rather just be home and chill. But guess what? My calling and my responsibility call me to go work. I have to die to myself so that my kids can live. Do you know what I mean? Same thing. I got to die to myself so that Christ can live in me. Can you join me in Galatians 2.20? We're going to call it a day. Galatians 2.20 is the verse that we're learning as a family, and it says this. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. And you'll put it up. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. And he's going to pull it up in about 30 seconds. He's going to do a great job. I am crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a beautiful verse. That's a beautiful verse. Because let me say this. Can you really say I'm crucified with God? You see how this has nothing to do with feelings? You know that love isn't a feeling. Love is a decision. If I say, you know, for the sake of conversation, if I say, you know what, if I, if we, she and I are in a relationship and I say, you know what, I want to marry you, guess what I'm saying? I'm dying to myself so that you can be happy. And what makes a healthy relationship is when it goes both ways. I die to myself so that she can be happy. She's like, you know what? I died to myself so that he can be happy. So now we got two people that are dying to self so that one marriage, one relationship can be happy. And when we enter relationships, like, hey, I don't want to die to myself out there. I want things my way. And we, we treat God like that? God out there, I want things my way. I might want. It's like Usher, my way. Have you guys heard that song? Usher, my way. It's a great song. I don't know if most of you guys were born. 1997. You know what I mean? But, uh, but he's like my way my way and God's with like crucified why don't you stand on your feet stand on your feet hey I did good today stayed on my budget I'm going to encourage you with something can you close your eyes wherever you are and um are you, are you doing the promise still stance? Is that what you're doing right now? Okay. Can you close? Can you close your eyes and, and do me a favor? Can you raise your hands as high as you could right there? All of you guys have accepted Christ in here, but are you willing to surrender your selfish, your anger, your pride? You know, and I'm not saying that that's who you are. That's that's who we are. We have these selfish desires at times. We said, God, you're second your second so with your hands right there can we just say you know with your own in your own words and I'm gonna and I'm gonna encourage you to just raise your voice in your own words and we're just gonna say God we're just gonna put you first today We're going to put you first. So right there, with your own mouth, with your own heart, can you just say, you know what, God, I want to put you first. I want to put you first in my relationship with you. I want to put you first in my house. I want to put you first in my job. I want to put you first in everything. So go ahead. Why don't you raise your voice? I'm going to encourage all of us to just say a quick prayer right there where you are. You know, if you're going to be in your relationships, put them first. God, we just put you first in everything that we do. God, we put you first. Father, we put you first. We put you first, Father. We wanna put you, we wanna die to ourselves so that you can be first, God. We want you to be in the front. We want you, Father, to take control. God, we are tired doing things our way. We are tired doing things by ourselves, God. We are tired, God, of trying to figure out this lives by ourselves. So we die to ourselves so that you can live, God. Christ in us, Father. Christ in us. Oh Lord Jesus, we love you and we make a confession that we need you. We make this confession that we need you now more than ever, God. We need you now in our lives. We need you now in our careers. We need you lives. We need you now in our school, Father. We need you now right now, Lord. Oh Lord, we love you and we need you. We're going to sing this song and I want you to raise your voice as loud as you can. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. I feel this strong right now. And we have the opportunity to be in a small crew today, which is good. I think this is good right now. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna pray for each other. And Christine, I really want you to help me lead this to a man of YouTube. But I want we're gonna pray this. You're gonna we're gonna pray for each other and we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. I don't know when the last time, when was the last time you asked God to guide you? And if it's been a minute. I want that today to be the moment where you're like, you know what, God, you're gonna guide me. you for guide my fears, guide me through my fears, guide me through my anxieties, guide me in every area of life. So let's partner up. And I want us to pray for each other. We're gonna encourage each other. And Marisol, I want you to be a leader in this one too. I want you to help pray. So let's just find someone that we can pray for and let's just pray for them right now. So let's get out of our seat and let's let's just pray for each other. Here we go. As John continues to play, come on, let's pray. Let's pray for each other. Let's just pray for each other. Here we go. Marisol, why don't you go here? Okay, Johnny, come here. Come here. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like, please help us by, one, subscribing to our podcast channel. That way you can be informed when our new content is uploaded. And second, if our ministry has been a blessing to you and you like to partner with us, please visit us at createdlovechurch.com to find ways you can give so we can continue to spread the message of hope. Thank you and see you next time. voices in my mind.